Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Renee A., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today is Thursday, November 3rd. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we're on page 39, the second paragraph, starting with Fred is a partner in a well-known accounting firm. We're reading through 13 sentences, ending with he could not do so in spite of his character and standing. We're going to confine our comments to those sentences only. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Julie P., The 12 Traditions, Nancy R., and readers of the text are Ken W.H., Katie B., and Barb W. The reference numbers for Wednesday, November 2nd, are as follows. 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting was 19,585. That's 19585. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that's 19,590. 19590. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Julie P. to read the 12 steps. Julie? Good morning, Julie P., gratefully recovered in Minnesota. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I pass. Have a blessed day. We don't hear you, Renee. I'm so sorry. I had myself muted over here on this end. Um, I will now ask Nancy R. to read the 12 traditions. Nancy? Thank you. Thank you so much, Renee. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everyone. I'm Nancy R., a compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully, rather, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities, and I'm grateful to do this service, and thank you so much, I'm, and I, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy. Really appreciate it. Okay, so this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. 
There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 39, the second paragraph starting with Fred is a partner in a well-known accounting firm. We're reading through 13 sentences ending with he could not do so in spite of his character and standing and commenting on those sentences only. I'm now going to ask Ken WH to begin reading this text for us. Ken? Thank you. Um, This is Ken WH, Recovered Compulsive Eater from North Carolina. Fred is partner in a well-known accounting firm. His income is good. He has a fine home, is happily married, and the father of promising children of college age. He has so attractive a personality that he makes friends with everyone. If ever there was a successful businessman, it is Fred. To all appearance, he is a stable, well-balanced individual, yet he is alcoholic. We first saw Fred about a year ago in a hospital where he had gone to recover from a bad case of jitters. It was his first experience of this kind, and he was much ashamed of it. Far from admitting he was an alcoholic, he told himself he came to the hospital to rest his nerves. The doctor intimated strongly that he might be worse than he realized. For a few days, he was depressed about his condition. He made up his mind to quit drinking altogether. It never occurred to him that perhaps he could not do so, in spite of his character and standing. Um, Fred is an interesting character, and uh, (laughs) I don't relate to a lot of Fred, um, but I did think I was really something special and uh, found out that over time I'm not. (laughs) Um, And I shared yesterday, and so I think it best that I just pass it on and let others pick this up and and follow through on Fred, because I want to leave the lines a little more open for folks, so I'll pass. Okay, thanks, Ken. appreciate that. So... Today, um, oh, excuse me. So before I take a list of names, let me remind you that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that other people might share their experience too. So that means if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let other people have a chance to share. Okay, so who would like to share on this 13 sentences that we read today? Janice PM. Ross Nancy Nancy R. Wesley W. B. Charles H. Lou B. Arp W. Okay, hold on just a second and let me stop right there. Let me tell you who I've got so far. So I've got Janice PM. I've got Russ M. Um I'll have to get Nancy's last initial. I've got Leslie. I've got Charles H. 
and I've got Barb. Okay, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's stop right there and let that group share, and then I'll take another list of names here in just a second. Okay, Janice, you want to start us off, and you'll be followed by Russ M. Well, thank you so much, Renee, and thank you for the work. Thank you for your service. Um, welcome to the, the service board. Okay, um, Fred. Fred is the fourth illustration. Uh, you know, we had the man of 30. We had the man, the um, Jim. We had uh, the jaywalker. Um, I didn't miss anybody, did I? So the point is, I guess he's the third, Fred. And, you know, the fourth, it uh, doesn't matter. They all got drunk the same way. That's the most important thing I want to, we want to, I want to emphasize here. And I identify uh, with Fred tremendously. And it isn't because of conceit. It's like, yeah, I thought so much of myself. My, my pride was so big. <laughs> and yet I was so low. I was low inside. Um, it says here, you know, he had a case of jitters. Well, I was always, always, always irritable, restless, discontented, and nervous. But I looked pretty good on the outside. I showed. I was so dishonest because um, I was a people pleaser. And, you know, I did. I had a good income. You know, I uh, owned the business. My home was fine. My my husband had a good job. Um, I was happily married to a point. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had one child. And, yeah, did I have a good personality? So they say. So they say. And I made friends with everyone. But, but I appeared good and stable. That was that. That was the dilemma. I appeared, and I appeared well-balanced. Yet, I was a, a compulsive overeater and didn't know it. And, you know, I went a long time. <laughs> oh, I could admit, oh, yeah, you know, I eat a little too much. But I really didn't have that much weight to lose. So, you know, they call it a high bottom, low bottom. So that was like a dilemma. Well, why would I go, you know, why can't I do this myself? And that's what alcoholism is. It's all about I, self, and me. That's the isms. And so there I was, a little bit too proud of myself. And that's the leader of the pack, one of the seven deadly sins. It's the pride before the fall. And boy, I was so prideful for my britches, uh, thinking I can do this, I can do this. Yeah, I could admit it, but I didn't accept step one that I was. General reminder. Thank you so much. And so with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thanks, Janice. Okay, Russ M, you're next, and you'll be followed by Nancy. And Nancy, when you come on, if you could give me the First initial of your last name, I'd appreciate that. Okay, Russ. Good morning, Renee. Good morning, family. Russ Emmer, cover compulsive overeater outside of Philly. Man, I, I identify with Fred pretty good. 
You know, I think of my dad, I, honestly. When I read Fred, I think of my old man because my dad used to say to me, you know what? You you don't listen to nobody. Nobody can tell you anything. You're unteachable. You got it all figured out, kid. And guess what that did? Led me to ruin. Not just with the food, but life in general. Life in general, I could. And that's the, the vibe I get from Fred, that he was too big for all this, just like me. You know, when, when my, my friend 12-stepped uh, me, recovering crack addict, my man John Hill from Philly here, I said, why do I need that? He said, you don't know you need a 12-step program until you know you need it. After that day, nine years, that progressiveness, like the man of 30, the fork, the food, the money, everything went downhill. And I could not be free until I was desperate. But pride was in that obsession that, that Dr. Silkworth talked about, you know, that craziness in my mind. Because I got to be crazy to think that I can fix something that I'm, I'm built by. You know, I don't have the owner's manual on me. I don't know what the hell's going on most of the time. So how do I think? Just because my knowledge, I think I'm a smart guy. Know what I got? I got it and got some gulu. That means I don't have nothing unless I have God. And I had to be humiliated to accept help. And, uh, you know, I think Fred gets there, you know, in that, that last part of this. But that's just what had to happen for me. My knucklehead that I am. But I'm glad it happened because I, I have a pretty damn good life right now. Through every struggle, through all the BS. So, thank God for that. Y'all have a good day. Love you. Thanks, Russ. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got Nancy. And Nancy, if you can give me the first initial of your last name and also the state you're calling from, that'd be helpful. Good morning. It's Nancy R. from uh, Illinois, Northwest Illinois. I'm a recovered compulsive eater and. Uh, grateful this morning um, so I can relate to Fred um, my life was great except I didn't know how to stop eating and um, you know I would just like gain weight and then lose weight and then gain weight and then lose weight and every time I can relate to what Fred said like Oh, I'm not as bad as you. Um, I wasn't introduced to the program at that time, but I mean, I wasn't bad as you. And surely now that I know more about myself and about nutrition and I could, um, surely I, I could, I would be okay. And every time it failed, every time um, I had another bottom and um, like Fred, and um, even when I was introduced to the program, um, you know, those early days, I could relate to the other people. And um, it felt good. It felt good. It's like, oh, my gosh, there's other people who have just eat like I do. And this, you know, maybe this will work. And um, I took the knowledge that I learned and uh, never started working the steps. And so in my way, I was saying, I'm, I'm not as bad as you. Um, and I'm just grateful that I just kept coming back. 
like we're going to hear from Fred and that um, and that I have this relationship with my higher power that is really the solution and um, that's all I have thanks thank you so much Nancy appreciate that Okay, so next up we have Leslie, and Leslie will be followed by Charles H. Leslie, I missed your the first initial of your last name, so could you include it's that? Leslie W. Sure. Oh, Leslie W. Great. <clears throat> Thanks for your service. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I, the one word that sticks out for me is appearance. Um, to all appearance, he is a stable, well-balanced individual. And I, I really relate to this, this whole, whole thing about appearances because, I mean, I feel like I perfected my appearance of what I wanted other people, my, my stage character, and what I wanted other people to see. Um, problem with doing that is that um, you create fragments of yourself. And I I remember, you know, growing up and even as a teenager, I could walk into a situation and kind of assess the situation and the people in the room and figure out who I needed to be. Who do I need to be? How do I need to act? Um, What persona do I need to put on for this particular situation? And you do that enough times and in enough and in enough circumstances, you really don't have a whole self. You have pieces scattered all over the place. And when I first came into program, because I could no longer deny that I had a problem um, that I couldn't seem to fix on my own, I came in looking for the solution and a solution, any solution that I could grab a hold of. And, you know, I honestly can say when I, when I came into these rooms, like it was the first time I had ever just had all of those personas just completely stripped away. You know why? Because nobody was, nobody was demanding or expecting me to sing and dance and perform for them, right? Nobody wanted anything out of me. And that kind of environment was what I needed in order to heal and in order to recover. And that's what we do for each other in this program. Um, We help each other because that is, in fact, um, the only way we can truly help ourselves. And so I, I appreciate the, this story and the fall that Fred had to have um, because it was the same for me. And I'm glad to be here with all of you this morning and without a pass. Thank you, Leslie. Appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Next up, we've got Charles H. And after Charles H., we're going to hear from Barb. Charles, it's your turn. Go ahead. 
Thank you very much, Renee, for your service. You sound great, and you're doing a great service. Thank you. I'm Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And and Fred kind of had a different slant. His stories in the first edition, it was a page and not even a half. Um, but really, in reality, um, he was ridiculously rich and didn't realize that he was reluctant, restrictive, and um, remorseful, rancor, resentful, and didn't realize that recovery is rented. You know, I, I, I realized that I don't stay in the realm of the spirit if I don't, if I'm restricting and being, so, so Fred taught me how to go from reluctancy to recovery. It's a reward. And I get the results from doing the work. And Fred's story is so powerful. It's like, so it reminds me of in We Agnostics when it's, so that word that, that Leslie talked about, the appearance. And in We Agnostics, deep in the middle of it somewhere, it says, outward appearance, appearances is not inward reality. So he was trying to keep up to the, for the Joneses and, you know, trying to be like, yo, that's that guy right there. But deep down inside, his money couldn't help his alcoholism, which is the, you know, he, he suffered from alcoholism. First, he suffered from IT me, indescribable short memory. He thought he was the leader of the pack. He thought he was all good, college kids. And, and later down in his story, it says, not a cloud in the sky. But it was, but it was dark inside. <laughs> and he needed alcohol to, to cope. And I could identify with that. You know, in listening and learning and realizing that I'm rancor on a daily basis, which is another word for for for, for resentment. That I, I so I got to revisit my review every day, and I have to be rebuilt, reconstructed, restored, repaired, and it takes a little bit of uh that that little simple idea of religion, which is surrender. My friend up in Boston always says that, so I'm grateful to realize my situation. So I do identify with Fred, and with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate you. Okay, next up, we're going to hear from Barb. And Barb, um, when you um, come on, could you please give me the first initial of your last name? After Barb, we're going to take a new list of names for people who want to share. So Barb, go ahead. Thank you, Renee. Barb W. Recovered Gratefully in Illinois. I think I said W. Um, with Fred, far, far from admitting, far from, I was far from admitting that I had a food problem. I would tell myself um, I needed extra food. I'm so busy. I have a physical job. Oh, I have a slow metabolism. <clears throat> Unlike everybody else, I'm so special. I'm so different. I I told myself I needed this. It calms my nerves, just like the hospital did for him. Further on, the doctor intimated strongly when I was five. My family intimated not not so delicately. I was bought clothes to hide my fat, quote. And um, my body intimated really strongly as I grew. And, And in my adult life, my knees were degenerated, my GERD symptoms were unhelped by medicines, hard to get up and down off the floor, and making up my mind at various times to manage my eating. Um, 
swinging from just nothing and restricting and just swinging up to giving up entirely and, and convincing myself that it was a valid choice just to give in and give up because and and then I, I, I that made me a winner because it was just what I chose. <laughs> yeah, I I lied to myself that it didn't matter, and I'd get depressed not just for days. And I'd meet the isolation with my companion food, and the cycle would go on and on. And then I'd make up my mind again, which is as good as nothing. And my sick brain can't fix the sick my sick brain. And the best and worst, the worst and best news was that I was powerless. Coming into program, learning that powerlessness and coming to know the God of my understanding. And I thank you all for being here today and all the shares. Um, I'm grateful not to be alone. Thanks so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Barb. Okay, so let me pause here for just a second before we take another list of names. Um, And just if you hopped on the meeting late, let me just let you know where we're at and what we're reading. We're on page 39. We're um, starting with the second paragraph. Uh, That passage starts with Fred as a partner in a well-known accounting firm. We're reading through 13 sentences, and we're ending with, He could not do so in spite of his character and standing. And we're confining our comments to those 13 sentences only. Um, And I do want to remind you, before I take a new list of names, if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, please just hold back a little bit and let some new voices get in there. Okay? So who would like to share on that? Ruby. Josh R. Stephanie R. Donna K, Ohio. Karen C. Who was after Donna? I think it might have been Stephanie R. I'll tell you who I've got so far. Okay. I believe I have Lou, Lou B. I've got Josh. I've got Stephanie R. and I've got Donna. Who else am I missing? Christina L. Karen C. Okay, I think we've got room for a couple more. Who else would like to share on that? Okay, let me stop and tell you who I've got. Devorah I've got Lou. I'm sorry. Devorah. Gotcha. Okay. Let me stop and tell you who I've got. I've got Lou B. I've got Josh. I've got Stephanie R. I've got Donna. I've got Christina, Karen, and Devorah. Tell you what let's do. Why don't we just stop there and let's see where that gets us, Okay. So let me circle back. Lou B., would you go ahead and share with us? And following Lou, Josh, I don't think I got your the first initial of your last name. So if you could give us that when you when you come on. Okay, Lou. 
Good morning. Thank you for hearing me, Renee. Um, I'm Lou B., uh, and I'm a, com- a recovered compulsive overeater who lives in Texas. So glad to be on the line this morning and really grateful to be able to be sharing about how I relate to or identify in with Fred. So the words that I was just writing them down, um, the words that I relate to are these, jitters, ashamed, far from admitting, and worse than he realized. And these were all true of me when I got to the program and when I was struggling with my disease on my own. But you know what? They're all still true of me today. I can still be these things today. And I think that I thought I heard one of the people who shared earlier say that recovery is, is we rent it. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like my recovery <laughs> is is a is a one day at a time thing. You know, I have a daily reprieve from my disease, and 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 when I do the things that I know um, connect me to God. I have a reprieve from these four things, you know, jitters, ashamed, far from admitting, and worse than I, than I realize. And, and, and I, you know, then I can stand in the sunlight of the spirit and, <clears throat> and be relieved of these things, right? In addition to being relieved of obsession with food and obsession with my body and obsession with your body and, <laughs> you know, all these other things that come along and beating myself up. I mean, that's, that, oh my gosh, I beat myself up as much as I, I, you know, chewing and swallowing is the way that I get my drug into my body, but uh, um, beating myself up, man, that is just, that's the way I just wreak havoc in my life and everybody else's life. So, so in other words, all I'm saying is I am, you know, tomorrow or this afternoon, I can still be these things, right? But, but when I connect with my higher power, I'm relieved of them, you know, and, and I'm able to be recovered. And, and that is, that is the, flipping miracle that is being you know unfolded in my life and that I'm so grateful for so um yeah and then and then also you know I I, I, Renee called on me when I quit writing but you know that that last sentence it never occurred to him that perhaps he could not do so in spite of his character and standing you know um I can relate to that too so anyway I am a uh you know, I'm a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, and, and I need this program. I need you guys, and I'm so grateful for the shares and this, this paragraph this morning. And, and one more thing, I don't know where the time is, but somebody else said this morning when they when she was closing, she said, you know, I'm just so grateful to not be alone. And, man, I am too because uh, that's another thing that I that I will do, you know, in a minute is, is be by myself. Thank you. When there's 10,000 of us, right? So anyway, so grateful to be a part of the meeting. Thank you for hearing me, and everybody have a great day. I pass. Thanks, Lou. Okay, up next we're going to hear from Josh, and Josh will be followed by Stephanie R. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Josh R. here from Ontario, Canada. Um, Good to be on the line today. Yeah, so as I was reading through this, um, you know, what – what struck me is the part where it says uh, it's talking about the do- that the doctor intimated strongly that he might be worse than than he realized. Uh, I, I can relate to Fred here because um, when I got my second uh, vision sponsor, I remember him saying, you know, you you, you have to something about uh, that you have to keep keep working the program. Uh, you have to you know because it's progressive this this disease that I have to keep you know 
upping my the, the amount of work that I'm putting into my program because the disease gets worse over time. And I have to tell you, uh, when he was saying those things, I didn't I didn't connect with that, and I wasn't I wasn't open to that at all. So in a way, I was kind of like Fred because I didn't think I had that I needed to do that the work that my sponsor was telling me to do. I didn't think I needed to go to meetings and do all these 10 steps. And I just, you know, kind of wanted to do it my own way. So, um, but what, what was the result? The result was I just ended up going back to the food. So, um, yeah, I had to, uh, I guess it was experiences taught me uh, that um, doing things my own way, um, not, not doing enough program, not, not, uh, living in 10, 11, and 12 uh, every day, not just, not just when, when I feel like it, uh, that's, that's not enough. I have, to, I have to continually work this program. I can't, I can't get complacent. Um, otherwise, I, I will go back to the food. So, um, yeah, I can relate to Fred in that sense. Um, that's all I wanted to share. Uh, thank, thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Josh. Okay, up next will be Stephanie R. And Stephanie, you're going to be followed by Donna. Okay, Stephanie, go ahead. Good morning, Stephanie R. from Missouri. So grateful to be here and to be online with everybody today. I so related to Fred. I think Fred's story, if I had read it before I came into program, would have been the big reason for me to come in because I so relate to that. I have all these wonderful degrees. I, I've been um, successful in my career, and yet on the inside, I was absolutely terrified. You would find out that I was a fraud, that I wasn't supposed to be in the position that I am in and that I just didn't earn or deserve the good things that God had given me. I didn't say anything to a lot of people because I was afraid that if I, you found that I disagreed with you or I said something that was unacceptable, you wouldn't think I was as smart as I thought I was. And so I, I was a mute. I, I just lost my voice. And OA really helped me find my voice. I want you to love me for me as a person. I want you to know how I feel. Um, I didn't allow myself to feel feelings for 60 years of my life, and now I'm able to do that. And part of that is finding a voice and saying who I am and owning that. And you'll like me for that or you won't, but that's okay because God has me exactly where I'm supposed to be. I, I face this day with such gratitude that I have a disease that shows me that I need a spiritual program to get through this life. And without that, I will be back in the food. So I'm just very grateful to be here today. And with humility, I say that I am recovered today. And it's because I have you, I have my higher power, and I've got a great program that gives me serenity. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, Okay, up next, we're going to hear from Donna. And Donna, you'll be followed by Christina. So, Donna, I missed the first initial of your last name. Could you include that, please? Yeah, good morning. Uh, Hi, it's Donna Kay from Ohio. Um, Recovered for today. Uh, Thank you for letting me share. Um, The the words that I really relate to strongly are um, that he was much ashamed of it. 
I tried I tried everything uh, and I and I thought that I could figure this out and I was uh I'm a, I'm blown away by the, my self-reliance that I had regarding this the whole you know food thing which really the, more, the longer I'm in program and in recovery it's not about the food <laughs> it's about not having a relationship with my higher power um my definition of my higher powers changed over needing in the program of vision um OA meetings uh in the last three years um but the shame the shame that surrounded how i felt about myself uh was just awful uh, i'm i'm so grateful for the uh, the new relationship that i have with my higher power um I would get reviews at work. Oh, you know, these reviews that were just fantastic. And I and I didn't know who they were talking about. You know, I was a hard worker. I was, you know, a good worker. I was, you know, kind to people, uh, friendly. And I really relate to Fred. I didn't have, you know, we weren't dripping in, you know, riches and et cetera. But just, you know, I always did a good job. I worked really hard. But um couldn't get couldn't get this food thing right couldn't couldn't figure it out well i finally was able to give up you know i finally was able to give up and um stop fighting and i'm really grateful for my my spiritual relationship with my higher power today and um and the nuts and bolts of the program and the steps and the fellowship i'm uh my life has been calmer, happier, and I'm not punishing myself anymore. I don't hate myself anymore inside. So uh, thanks for letting me share this morning, and um, really appreciate it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Donna. Okay, up next, we'll hear from Christina. And, Christina, you'll be followed by Karen. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Renee. Thank you so much. This is Christina L., a recovered compulsive overeater from Florida. Um, and I, too, really relate to Fred and what not so much with the, you know, the degree, working in a fine, uh, uh, well-known accounting firm or defined home or anything like that, but um, further on where it describes his, um, uh, what was it, um, I don't have the book in front of me, but um, since I'm driving, but he went to the hospital to rest his nerves. And um, that's how I I really relate to Fred. Not that I've gone to the hospital to rest my nerves ever or anything like that, but what I see in Fred is that he's running away. Like he doesn't want anyone to see him this way. And that's the way that I was like, Inside, I'm like uh, a twisted set of nerves and everything like that, like terrified on the inside. And and I'll put on this appearance, well, not even really an appearance. I just disappear. Like I don't do anything to bring any attention to myself. Um, like sharing on this meeting in the last year has like really, you know, I've forced myself to be seen and heard. Um going against the grain of whatever I've always done before. And um, that's where that's where I see myself in Fred. 
um, you just can't accept anyone to see him not in a good light. And that's really all that I've got with that. Um, I'm sure I could probably share more, but nothing's really coming to me. And um, I guess that's all I've got to say. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Christina. Okay, up next we've got uh, Karen. And Karen, you're going to be followed by Devorah. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, everyone. This is Karen C., originally from Tucson, Arizona, but visiting in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, Boy, I can really relate to Fred uh, that he made up his mind to quit drinking altogether. How many times have I had I made up my mind to quit eating, overeating altogether? You know, it was that tomorrow I'm going to start. I'm going to have this healthy breakfast and then um, I'm going to have this, you know, healthy lunch and I'm not going to do this and I'm going to do that. And um, I couldn't even get to breakfast. I had to eat in the middle of the night. It seemed every day I had to say to myself, tomorrow I'm going to quit overeating altogether. It was demoralizing to not be able to do that because it seemed like in my life I, I, I could do it. You know, I was successful in my career. I was a hard worker. I, you know, I was all these positive things in that that was so important to me. But for some reason, this little thing of not being able to stop eating, I could not handle. I could not do. And wherever I looked in my life, no one else had this problem. I mean, how many times was I watching a movie and they're at a restaurant and people are talking and, you know, they have a fork full of food and they hold it in midair while they're talking and I think, put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth because I'd be shoveling that food in. I, it was a mystery to me. Why could I do everything else in my life but I couldn't do this one small measly thing? And uh, I come from a Christian background. I thought I had a good relationship with my God, my higher power. And it never occurred to me to ask my God for help. I felt that this was all on me and I was the one to figure it out. And even after I came into OA and discovered that I have a disease and I am powerless over it, I still felt it was this failure to control my eating was a reflection of my character. And I had shame with that and tremendous guilt. And um, for quite a while in OA, I still beat myself up over this because it was a character flaw. And I should be able to fix it. And I, and I couldn't. I mean, I came into OA when I was in my 50s. If I was going to fix this problem, 50 years of it, I should have been able to fix it. And so I came to an intellectual understanding that this was a disease. But it took General me... reminder. Thank you very much. It took me longer to, to accept it to internalize it, to to believe it. And I'm so grateful to OA because if I hadn't come into this room, if I hadn't, you know, read this book, if 
if it wasn't for all of you, where would I be? I would be enslaved to my food and so miserable. So thank you. Thank you all. And thank you to my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Karen. Okay, next we're going to hear from Devorah, Devorah, and then it looks like we'll have time for a couple more shares after that. So, Devorah, good morning. Hi, good morning. Yes. Hi, good morning. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone who, who makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And so many sentences here I, I relate to. The doctor intimated strongly that he might be worse than he realized. For a few days, he was depressed about his condition. You know, how many times I went to the doctor and he told me, you know, you got to do something. You have high blood pressure. You have diabetes, you know. And I walk out of that doctor's office feeling so remorseful, so ashamed, so whatever. And i depressed, depressed. So you think that would help me, right? you think that would, like, push me to the, to the point of, like, I just can't do this anymore. I need help. So for a couple of days, I, 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 I stuck to my doctor. I had willpower and I stuck to it. But then that fizzled away and, and it, it didn't work anymore. And then again, the shame and the remorse set in. And it was just going around and around in a cage, like the hamster going around and around, not being able to do anything, looking for it, having to catch my tail and wasn't working. And I just love the steps because the steps teach me. Step one, I'm powerless. I do not have any, I don't have any power. What a relief that is. What a relief that is to know that I just don't have power and that there's someone out there that is a power greater than myself that I could trust and rely to remove this obsession. And, you know, and it works. And it works. So that's what I needed to do. And I don't have to feel that shame today anymore because I have all of you who understand you know, and I have to say, a few weeks ago, I had a two-hour relapse. Thank you, God. It didn't go on for days, months, years. Thank you, God. I wasn't. I, I picked up the phone and I called someone and I said, this is what happened. But as it was going on, the shame and, and the voices that I heard from all of you, but I couldn't stop because that's the, that's the, that is the disease, you know, the, the mental um, obsession. I couldn't stop. But thank God I did, you know, God came into my, and, and I, I stopped and I called someone and I shared the experience and I shared with other people. I don't have to feel ashamed over here. This is who I am. I, you know, this is who I am. I have this deadly disease that could bring me back here when I'm not staying fully connected, when I'm not bringing God into my life on a daily basis all the time. It was a busy time and you know, they say the food is the last thing to go, and, and, and yes, it was. To me, it was. Um, and so today, I'm doing, I, I need to wake up in the morning. I need to reconnect. General my, reminder. My relationship with my higher power, and I need to be part of this group. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Thanks, Devorah. Appreciate it. So we actually do have time if we have uh, two people that want to do a two-minute share. So Jackie B. Jackie. Hello, Pamela. Jerry, okay. Uh, I didn't hear anybody after Jackie. Pamela P. Okay, Pamela. Those are our two. If you could both take just a couple of minutes, I think we'll be able to work you in. 
Go ahead, Jackie. Hi, this is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you so much, everybody, for your shares. And what got me today is, is that I've been in program over 30 years, but you know what? It's a day at a time. I have six years abstinence, but you know what? I am so grateful for the awareness of working this program because, you know, my daughter called me yesterday and said, I'm mom, I'm just saying Starbucks is coming out with Christmas flavors. And I said, and yes, what does that have to do with me? Now, I know she wanted money on the card, but the point is, is this is the holiday season. The colors, the, the, the hurrahs for the, we think is the soft and comforting food. And I'm a compulsive overeater. That food is never going to comfort me. Not, well, it'll comfort me for a second, but it won't continue. And you know what? I'm faced with it every day. But as long as I don't ingest any of that stuff, I am open, honest, and willing to work this program. And that's what's important today. Today, I have to continue to recover because, you know what? Days will pass. Holidays will go. You know, color schemes will change. But I'm an untreated compulsive overeater if I don't work these steps. That's the bottom line. You know what I mean? It, and I'll be broke. I'd be totally broke. At least I have money in the bank. It may not be a lot, but today I got money in the bank. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Jackie. Okay, Pamela, looks like you've got a couple of minutes. Go right ahead. Hello. Um, hi, my name is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Um, so I don't know, you just can't abruptly stop a disease. It, you need a higher power to do that. And it, to me, this disease incurable is that having this program to you daily to get through it. And so I, when I heard the paragraph, I had always say that, oh, the first of the month or the end of this week, it will start over again. It never worked like that. It is your one minute at a time, um, praying to God, working the program, talking to my sponsor, doing whatever I could do to not to take that fat composer bite. And it, a daily reprieve is something I got to do. The minute I stop doing something, the, the food thoughts that come in there, and, um, you know, it's just hard. This disease had not been easy. Um, but because of this program, Court Number One God, you know, I'm trying one day at a time. Some days be better than other days. Some weeks be other, better. But um, I can't do this on my own. And you know what? God don't want me to do this on my own. God want me to want him. He, you know, he he's there for me. I can't do it. And every day I got to go to him before I take that bite. Taking that bite is like putting a knife to my neck. I, I, it, my, my, thank you. I might well end my life and I take the next bite. For that, I pass. Okay. Thank you, Pamela. All right. And I want to say thanks to everyone who shared today. I'd like to invite you to join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID ID for today, Thursday, November 3rd, is 19,592. That's 19,592. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Katie B. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.